most of the time people don't actually give you the best part of what they want to say when they're actually kind of talking through their initial point normally actually comes when you kind of drill down and go into detail Hello, entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Laura L. Bernhardt. Welcome back to the Marketing Bound podcast, where we offer inbound marketing tips to get you more traffic, more leads, and more success. It has come to my attention that people are still apprehensive about starting a podcast for their business. So I grabbed my friend, Danny Levy, Managing Director of Worldwide Business Research. He started the Digital Transformation and Leadership Podcast, and together we love talking about podcasting and giving each other tips on how to reach larger audiences. This episode is the first of a two-part series. Danny and I chat about six reasons to start a podcast for your company and some challenges that we encounter being podcasters. And if you enjoy this episode, be sure to subscribe to the Marketing Bound podcast so you don't miss the second part of this interview where we reveal another seven reasons to start a podcast for your business. Hello, Danny. Thank you so much for being on the Marketing Bound podcast. Welcome. It's your first time here. Yeah. Hey, Laura. We've been talking a long time and you finally invited <laughs> me onto your podcast. I mean, I only took, what, three guest appearances on mine and, and you returned the, the invitation. So thanks for that. But I'm no, really, really excited to be here. Really excited to be here. <laughs> okay. You made me cry yeah. in the first yeah. 30 seconds, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I won't lie. It didn't even cross my mind. I was just like, yeah, yeah. I love these. We have, we always have so much fun. And I was like, wait yeah. a minute. I also have a podcast. There you go. Well, you got to keep giving and eventually someone will reciprocate. That's what I kept thinking. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but you're here now and we have lots yeah. of plans on many, many episodes. So today, everyone, we're going to talk about the reasons why your company should have a podcast. And I just want to dive into it a little bit because Danny is in charge of like 30 people at his, at his company. And so although I am just myself with my podcast, although I know the benefits, I don't know it to the extent when there are so many employees under me. So Danny, just tell us a little bit about your business so that when you give us examples later, uh, we know what you're referring to. Sure. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll try and be as concise as possible, but uh, I work for a company called Worldwide Business Research. So we, we produce large scale in-person summits with exhibitions. The business has changed a lot through COVID, as I'm sure you can imagine. We, we have a team internally that do a lot of research as well and, and analysts. So we put out a lot of industry reports uh, on specific topics. Our big verticals are around e-commerce, uh, e-commerce in travel, procurement, capital markets, fintech. So it's quite diverse. We we moved the large-scale events online. We've been running kind of online virtual summits through the pandemic, and there's been quite a bit of trial and error. It's very different to what customers get from an in-person event. And we've launched a new business in Asia called Connect, which is all around one-to-one meetings. So our, our partners get one-to-one meetings online, uh, which they pay for. The ROI is really clear up front. When it's a virtual event, when you get that, we've got a big team in the Philippines that, that talk to the senior executives, profile them, set up the meetings. And we do a lot of now newsletters, content syndication, tied into the reports, bespoke roundtables. I've launched a podcast, which we've monetized. 
So it's really interesting. We've got a lot more now routes to market for, for companies. And what was quite a scary initial few months has turned into a big, big opportunity for the business. So very exciting. That does sound so exciting. So many things mm. going on. Exactly. Yeah. And for your personal podcast, okay. Mm. Does that align with the business at all? Just so the audience knows, because you said that you monetized yeah. it. I'm assuming you monetized it for the company. For the company. Yeah. For the company. Yeah. Yeah. So did you find it hard to align to the company? Not really because of the nature of the business. We, we have very good relationships in some of those different verticals I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can imagine when we're doing the research and our, our researchers would spend three, three months on talking to the end users, talking to the vendors, building up a really kind of clear market map and moment in time of what's going on in the industry. Uh, we talk to a lot of people in research. We also have 50, 7,500 speakers on some of our big events. So we can figure out, you know, who is the, the kind of person that can really back up what they're saying, who's interesting, who has a lot of value to add. And they're the kind of people we can reach out to to get onto the podcast. So it works quite well. It is quite diverse. So we, we, I would have liked to have given the podcast a more specific name for a niche because obviously when someone's browsing on the store, if it says something like digital marketer and you're a digital marketer, you're going to click on. But because we cross, cut across a lot of different industries and I wanted to be able to get on people across industries, I called it digital transformation and leadership just because every industry is transforming digitally. And we only typically get very senior leaders at our, at our events. We research with them. So the, the title made sense. It's a bit generic. I would like to be more specific, but it ties in quite nicely. And then companies that work with us in terms of kind of sponsorship and, and go to market, that's where the podcast comes in as a nice additional touch point for them. Although with a podcast, you can't generate leads in the same way as you might be able to through other channels. It just gives you a nice way to showcase yourself. It's an on-demand way of listening for people as well. You're not asking them to put in an email or anything like that. They can listen to it just by clicking on. So it's a good way to build brand. And we've also turned the podcast episodes into reports. So we've turned them into reports. And that's where you could give maybe a free kind of executive summary. And if people are interested to know more, you can then provide a more detailed report of the podcast. Uh, and then they could give you maybe an email address and you could give the company the leads from that. So you oh. can, there are ways to do it, but typically companies with us have been kind of tying it into multi-touch point deals. So they do a research report, they might do our one-to-one meetings, they do a large scale summit and a podcast. And that way they kind of have a route to market, say every two to three months. Oh, I like that. Okay. You mentioned a lot of things that I have on my list here. Okay. So Let's just go through them one by one so it's super clear for the audience. And the first yeah. one goes actually really well with what you just said is new way to reach your audience slash like reaching new audience entirely. So mm-hmm. my question to you here is, since you started the podcast, have you noticed that you have been reaching new audiences? I know you just mentioned that it's a touch point for your current audience. So that's, mm. we know that part, but how about yeah. new audiences? It's, it's hard to quantify if you're looking at the podcast stats. I mean, you can see, or well, the platform I use anyway, you can see which countries are listening. You can see age demographics. If you look at something like Chartable, which I use, mm-hmm. you can see which countries you're doing well in in the different charts. 
So, and then you'll have those odd weird ones where you top up, you pop up to like number two in Papua New Guinea or something. Um, and it's really bizarre, but um, typically I can see that like I'm in the top 50 in Greece and I'm in like the top 50 in France, which is very interesting, but actually to see how that translates into kind of new acquisition, it's quite difficult through the platforms that I use anyway. I don't know if you've got a different experience, but I mean, people on LinkedIn will reach out. They'll say, oh, I heard the episode you did with Laura on, on personal branding. It was really fantastic. I've got a lot of value out of it. Other people have reached out and it's been interesting on sales calls where someone said, oh, I've listened to your podcast and I kind of feel a bit like I already know you. That's been quite interesting from a kind of sales perspective and it yeah. kind of softens people. Uh, I do moderation as well through the business. And then if I'm going to moderate for a partner, it's a nice way to be able to send them uh, links where they can listen to me interviewing other people. And that kind of builds credibility and kind of puts their mind at ease before I get onto a, a sponsored event that I know what I'm doing. So th- that, that the value there is really good. But I think for us anyway, it's hard to kind of, it's hard to kind of see that bridge between people listening to the podcast and then are they kind of, you know, making it into your business database, I guess, unless they're reaching out directly. Yeah. And I think like what you said before with the reports, that's a really good way to Mm. track if you are getting people to convert at least into like onto your email list. Yeah. But then I find you only realize if it's you're reaching new audiences once people sign up. For example, if before your podcast, you weren't on LinkedIn, but now because your podcast, you're on LinkedIn, anybody you get from LinkedIn is technically a new audience. Yeah. But you only really find out once they're like, once they raise their hand and they're like, hey, hey, <laughs> I listened to your podcast. Let's talk about your products or services. Yeah. I think so. if you're launching a podcast because you want to do attribution and measure it, you're doing it probably for the wrong reason. Because yeah. typically it's more around building a brand, being able to get people on who you can talk to, which kind of raises your own expertise and experience and gives you that exposure. And also just being able to drop it into conversations, use it to build credibility. That you know, Word of mouth, is you can't, it's much harder to measure. But again, well, like I said before, people, people will say, oh, I heard you on the podcast. And, you know, I love that episode with so-and-so you know, was, was looking forward to talking to you today or someone will DM you on LinkedIn and say, I'm really interested to find out more about your services. I discovered you through the podcast. Could we get mm-hmm. on a discovery call? And so it's all, it's all kind of just adding to, to what you're doing anyway and, and reinforcing you as an expert within the space. You might not even be an expert, but if you interview a hundred CMOs after mm-hmm. a while, people will start, start to associate you as a kind of marketing, you know, CMO expert. Every time someone says, oh, well, you're just doing like the interviews, you're not actually an expert. Mm. I always think of Oprah because technically Oprah is an expert at nothing, Mm -hmm. but she has all that credibility and authority. And that's the same thing for your podcast. If you have a podcast and then your competitor does not have one, you're immediately seen as being an authority because you're putting Mm -hmm. yourself out there and you're talking to everybody in the industry. Yeah. I think, I think I always think Oprah is an expert. She's an expert on shining a spotlight on the other person. So would you consider that podcasters do the same thing? Good ones. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No no one wants to listen to a podcast where the host talks 70% of the time. 
unless oh, it's a solo unless it's a solo podcast yeah. um, <laughs> that would be kind of awkward <laughs> and it'd be weird right there yeah. a lot of silence <laughs> what's that baby noise in the background <laughs> love the episode but yeah if you're if you're a good podcast host I mean you should do your prep and um bit of background research but yeah the idea is to get the person on and to shine a spotlight on them and and sometimes as well I've noticed that actually it's it's a skill you've got to refine because you'll get some guests on the show who will be really chatty really talkative will make your life easy you don't have to ask many questions they've done a load of podcasts they're a pro you'll get other people on the podcast who are quite nervous quite nervous to be on the podcast they, they might be senior they might not do many of them and it is nerve-wracking in the beginning I remember my first podcast and I was a lot of loud breathing but uh <laughs> um you'll get people on that are quite nervous and you'll really have to probe and ask you know intelligent smart questions to be able to get the right information out of them and sometimes people might have really interesting stories to tell but for whatever reason, they discount them or they don't think of them. And you as the, the interviewer, it's your job to try and relax them and, and get that information out of them. So I think if you yeah. are a, a good host, you know, you're, you're, you're able to listen to what you're being told and, and go back. And I always think it's very similar to, to a sales role, you know, to a BD role. You're there to figure out and understand what the, the problem is so that you can propose your solution and demonstrate what the bridge is. So I think that's why... I've got a background in sales. I felt like it was a little bit more natural, but it's a skill anybody anybody can learn. But yeah, the mistake a lot of make, I think, is is going on and trying to make it all about themselves or their company. I think you're really good at being the host and asking questions that I think are unexpected, actually. So mm -hmm. I, I can't give you an example on the spot, but every time you and I are talking and I'm kind of in this like, on this role of, I don't know, whatever we're talking about. And then yeah. you're like, wait a minute, let's mm -hmm. talk about that. But also, and then you'll shoot something into the conversation. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like I keep my cool, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but I always find it impressive on how you're able to pull in different concepts into the conversation to make it really, really interesting. But yeah. so definitely a skill because... I think you can also hear the difference between one podcast and another, mm. that there is a level of skill. And if nobody oh, has heard yeah. a difference, then you've only really heard really good podcasters, really, I think. Yeah. Well, ho hopefully, if you if you go in and listen to my podcast and you, and you do listen to that first episode um, <laughs> and you listen to maybe some of the episodes recently, you'll see an improvement, I hope, and, you know, a growth trajectory. And it's like anything. It's just refining that muscle over time mm -hmm. and you get better and you you build your your confidence and as your confidence grows you're calmer and you ask better questions and and also by the time you get to episode 100 you are more of an authority in the space so you can ask better questions and have a better conversation but I think from a guest perspective you shouldn't be too scared to get started because most people are happy to come on and talk about themselves and they see that as a win-win so even if in the beginning you are a little bit nervous as long as you've done your prep and you ask good questions it should be okay i think the preparation is very underestimated because mm -hmm. when you're super prepared interviews go very smoothly yeah when you're not prepared it's a shit show <laughs> it can be yeah it can be yeah <laughs> uh, when i started i was doing kind of like set questions 
Mm-hmm. So I would do eight to 12 questions. I'd send it to the guest in advance. If the guest was from a big company, so I've had like Facebook on, Google, these types of company, they'd want to put those questions then through the PR and it would become kind of a back and forth and few revisions, make sure you ask this and don't ask this. And then the challenge I was facing as the interviewer was that by the time you got onto the episode and people have short attention spans. So my podcast is quite long. I think I've been told kind of 20 to 30 minutes is the best time. I, I don't listen to that advice for some reason, but um, I, you've got to be kind of concise. So the challenge when you've got the set questions and then they've been agreed, you've got to ask them all. You as the interviewer can't really add so much value or, or go into depth on the different questions because you've got to just run through the questions that have been set. And, and I personally, the, the episodes I've enjoyed the most have been the ones that have kind of gone off topic a little bit. You know, the the conversation just flows. It's a bit like you would have in a, in a coffee shop um, with a friend. You've got to be able to keep it on track. So I changed that. And I typically now what I try and do is, is I get the guest to suggest a topic and three points just three broad kind of talking points that they want to go into around the, the, the overall topic. And then me as the host, I, I let them introduce the topic and then I, I introduce the first point. I let the guest go through the first point. I take loads of notes and then I come back with follow-up questions. And the idea is that most of the time people don't actually give you the best part of what they want to say when they're actually kind of talking through their initial point normally actually comes when you kind of drill down and go into detail. So we go through the point, we have a back and forth, we go into the second point. Three points generally, I was the, the rule of three. I did a post about that on LinkedIn recently that people can't remember more than three things. So at the end, you can summarize the three points and people kind of go away from the episode with hopefully three three things they might be able to implement or even one is always good. So that's what I kind of learned over time. It lowers the pressure on you as the host as well to come up with 10 to 12 questions in advance. And I think as you get more confident, as long as you've got a loose structure and you've done a bit of background research on the guest and who they are, you should be able to have a good episode. And the time flies by, like probably we've already been talking now for 15 (laughs) minutes. Uh, You can easily fill a 30-minute episode. You'd be surprised with a few points. Easily. I really like that structure. My structure, I, I prepare like the eight to 10 questions and then I yeah. see where the direction is going. So mm-hmm. sometimes I use the questions and sometimes I don't. But to me, it's kind of like my security blanket. But yeah. what I like about your structure is that it forces you to think differently on the spot. Mm. Whereas if I'm like super stuck right now or something, I can just look at my questions. Yeah. Whereas you're like, Mm-mm, you're taking notes. I know you're taking notes and then yeah, you're thinking notes. of that next question to go into de- and go into like more detail. Yeah. I take the notes. I, I circle something that I think needs a deeper explanation or I just find interesting, or maybe it's an acronym that the audience wouldn't get. And I'll mm. come back and I'll say, could you explain what you mean by that for the listeners? Mm-hmm. And most of the time me as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, you actually mentioned a, a few of the other points that I wanted to bring up. And that is kind of like that leads come to you. They're kind of warm, warm leads. Mm-hmm. They already know who you are. And that also goes in with my other point where you're kind of building this community where people feel like they can talk to you and yeah. they can reach out to you and mm-hmm. provide feedback. And that's very hard to do on any platform. Like yeah. if you write a blog and people read it, even if you have a hundred thousand people reading your blog, 
it's very hard to get people to comment under. Mm. So just that intimacy in terms of a podcast, like those are really, really good points to get to know your audience better as a company. You're not only warming up the leads, but then you're creating that community. And then for Mm. you and I, we're both LinkedIn people. So we're Mm -hmm. also creating community on LinkedIn. Yeah. Now, the next point, I'm actually very curious because I don't know if you do this. So podcasting is like a different form of content. Mm-hmm. Do you repurpose your content on other platforms? I know you said like reports. Yeah. Other than reports, do you repurpose like, because everyone thinks podcasting, you have to repurpose on 20 million different places. Do you do mm-hmm. that? So we've got a marketing team internally. They they have a lot going on. I'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> um, we have a we have a newsletter for all of the different verticals we're in. So e-commerce, like I mentioned, procurement, and, and the nice thing is that a lot of the episodes cut across industries. They're relevant for a lot of industries. Some are very specific. So we will we will use the podcasts on the newsletter. So we normally have three to four features on each newsletter that can quite nicely fill up one. And if, if we're doing an episode a week, I mean, you, you would know, but as a marketer coming up and generating and finding and creating relevant content regularly is not easy. And you can imagine for us, we have seven or eight different brands with four marketers internally and a newsletter going every other week, plus a ton of other stuff going on. That's where I think the podcast shines because it's always there as a as a detailed content library. There's no reason you can't go back to an episode that we did 18 months ago and use it in a newsletter that's going in a couple of weeks because most of the time it's it's evergreen content. It does last a long time. The other thing we do is we we will repurpose it in terms of a, a blog, written blog. We'll post that up on our event pages. Um, we'll, we'll repurpose that in newsletters. And like I said before, we do turn them into reports occasionally as well. If we partner on a podcast with a client, we would turn it into a blog article, short reports. Um, we'll host it on our websites. They'd host it on their sites. And if you want to really go for it, you know, you can post it through PR agencies, media partners, just to give it as much reach as possible. And, and if a company's paying for it, that's they're paying for the interview, but more likely they're actually really playing for the, the visibility and the distribution. So that's where you've got to really think through. But if it's if it's just a, a normal weekly podcast, I think the newsletter and repurposing as a blog when we're able to, because again, you've got to manage schedules, is the main thing we do. And then I I, I repurpose it through LinkedIn as well, which I, I know you you're aware of. Yeah. yeah. And I think you also raised another good point is the promotion part of the mm. podcast. And I have a saying, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but once you publish and you put that episode live you're actually only yeah. halfway through yeah definitely you still have so much promotion and distribution to do and a lot of what a lot of podcasters do is they do it through repurposing so yeah. super cool that you have the newsletter um and the blog and i want to just go into the report a little bit more mm-hmm. how do you position an episode as a report are there a lot of stats i'm not i i just i don't think i've seen one it's not a super long report because I don't think you can go into that much depth, but we, you can work with the partner as well. If it's already a pre-agreed topic, they would generally already have stats you can pull from existing reports. We've done our own research. So if you want to make it a more detailed report, you, you, you can pull in kind of supporting information. 
to what you're discussing in and around the podcast. Because typically people are not going to come in with pages of stats yeah. for a podcast. It's going to turn the listeners off. So and it's all about the planning and the preparation and whether you already have that kind of internal resource. That's how you can you can go away and, and turn it into a more detailed report that you don't want to ask someone to put in their email address. And then when they download the report, they feel a bit underwhelmed. It's like, oh, yeah, this is just like, you know, I could have got this from the podcast anyway. So I think you, you've got to use your common sense when you're able to do that. I wouldn't just do it for the sake of it for kind of lead gathering. If it makes sense and you can put together a really detailed report that someone's going to take a lot of value from, then then you can do it. Otherwise, do it as a blog article. Yeah. And I yeah. think that to summarize your point, it's that you're kind of taking the episode as the overarching theme of the report, and then you're adding a lot to it so that, yeah. again, when people sign up to it, they're not feeling cheated. Yeah, it's, it's a launching launching pad. Yeah, I really like that idea. I have not thought about that idea in terms of mm. content. Thank you for listening to this first part of my interview with Danny Levy. I'm just going to summarize the six reasons you should start a podcast for your business. Number one, it's a good way to reach your audience or new audiences. Two, it's a new stream of inbound leads that are already warm. Three, you create a community. Four, it's a new form of content that you can repurpose. Five, it helps create different types of content. Six, it helps you become an authority in your space. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe to the Marketing Bound Podcast so you don't miss next week's episode. 